So he was um, a good family friend of ours. Um, he was quite a bit older than me, obviously. When he was murdered, I was 11, and he was just a couple weeks shy of his 23rd birthday. Um, so he, when he graduated high school in 1986 from Sims Valley, which is over in Ohio, um, he went into the Army, and he was stationed in um, Frederick, Maryland. And it just so happened that my aunt, who he knew, obviously, before that, was living in Frederick, Maryland at that time with her husband at the time and her children. So Kevin actually um, moved in and lived with them while he was in Frederick in the Army, and, you know, of course, we would see them often because we would go there and we vacationed and stuff and Kevin would go. So he was just a really close family friend, um, short answer. And so he, like I said, he graduated in 1986 from Sims Valley, which is out like in Scotttown, Ohio. Um, he went to the Army and was stationed in Frederick, Maryland, <clears throat> and then a little shy of a year before he was murdered, he had moved back to this area and was living in the Proctorville, Rome area in an apartment. Mm -hmm. um, now, I don't know if you just want to ask me questions or how you want to do this, but... Uh, yeah, I don't know. Like I said, I've only... The article I read, I found it the other day. It's like maybe maybe three sentences. And yeah, it's not all I know about his case. It's just and just from going through your group and stuff, just your group. When I looked at that, I'm like, well, there's a lot of stuff because I forgot what article it is. Because I think they're talking about another murder, and it's you know Putnam County murder, and then mm -hmm. like, the cop just mentioned his murder and like yeah, year, and that's like all it is. Yeah, and that was a murder that was in like 2008 or something. I want to say. And they only mentioned Kevin because it was like that was the only unsolved murder in Putnam County. Yeah. Um. So I know exactly what article you're talking about. Yeah, that's what sparked my interest in it, and I've been wanting you know to go to the rest area where it happened at and do all the uh -huh. find. And then like I said, then our paths crossed. So I was like, huh. But uh, like. I, so if I mean, if you want, I can just tell you the story like the timeline and what i know and then yeah. you can ask me questions after would that be easier yeah yeah that's good um as far as like i do want to say this everything that's on um the page that i made for kevin all of that information is stuff that i've dug up and found on my own either from going to the west virginia archives um the internet obviously the two state troopers who I was able to get to reopen his case this last January. Um, so all that information is compiled from just research I've done over the last three or four years. But I've tried very hard to not put anything on the page that I didn't think was absolutely factual. Um, now, if somebody who's listening to this knows something different or, or better, by all means, correct me. But I've spent a lot of time on the research and I was very careful not to put anything I wasn't sure of on there. Um, but basically, uh, so as I said, Kevin was in the army. He was, um, medically discharged because he found out that he had diabetes. So the army discharged him. 
Uh, he stayed in Maryland just a very short time, and then he moved back to our area here around um, 90, somewhere in the 1990 year. And he was living in an apartment in the Rome Proctorville area. Um, he was working, though, in Charleston, West Virginia, at uh, Thomas Memorial Hospital. Mm-hmm. So... I want to point out that he has ties to around the closest time of his death would be Ohio, West Virginia, and Maryland um, because he hadn't left Maryland that long before he was killed. So he was living in Ohio. He worked in Charleston. He was murdered at the I-64 westbound rest area in Hurricane, West Virginia. So a few weeks before... Kevin was murdered. He had actually, uh, we had talked to him as in my family, my, my mom and I and my sister. And he had mentioned when we talked to him and looking back now, it's odd to me that he would just mention this, but he had told us that when he gets off work at the hospital in Charleston and he travels back home to Proctorville where he lives, that he would often stop at that exact rest area. For whatever reason. Now, we speculated that because he had diabetes, that maybe, you know, he stopped to get some sort of sugar, whether it be a snack or a soda or whatever. Yeah, that's because in the middle. Yeah, and it's about an hour and 20 minutes from, you know, his drive from Charleston to Proctorville. So, for whatever reason, um, you know, in hindsight, I wonder if there's a reason he told us that. Of course, we'll never know because he's no longer here. Yeah. But he did mention that to us. So when we found out that he was killed, um, what happened was from all the research I've done, the people I've talked to, whether it be the police officers, friends of his or, or whomever, the best timeline I have is that he worked a double shift at the hospital that day, which would have been Friday, June 6, 1991. He got off work. And apparently he had changed his clothes because when they found his body, he was wearing like, for back then it would have sort of been dress clothes, you know, like a button up shirt, khakis and like loafer shoes. Mm -hmm. And we know with his job, he wore scrubs. So he obviously changed his clothes at some point when he got off work. Um, So uh, so he's driving. Go ahead. Yeah. With the double, are you meaning like? Two hour I'm assuming, shifts or two six hour shifts. I know some people when they work a double there's a twelve, but like where I work at, like twelve hour shifts are common for us, but you know. Um the double shift term was given to me by someone who just knew him at that time. Mm-hmm. But with my knowledge of having worked in a hospital and I have a sister who's a nurse, most hospital shifts are about twelve hours. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to assume what they meant by a double was that he worked a 12-hour shift. Okay. Now, I don't know that to be factual. That's just my common sense. You know what I mean? Yeah, so um, it was kind of going with so possibly you know 12 hours time frame that he worked. Right. Okay. So I really don't know for sure what time he got off work because I haven't been able to find anybody um, that he worked with at that time to talk to to find out when he would have gotten off work. So I'm not sure. If when he left the hospital, if he went somewhere in the Charleston area first, or what actually took place before he got to the rest area, but uh, do you know? Do you know what he used to like? We worked before that or anything? 
Um, no, I just know that he normally worked 12-hour shifts and that he would get off later in the night because when he had told us that he would stop at that rest area on his way home, he had mentioned that that would be late at night. Okay, so, looking at probably most, most of the day he was working. I'm thinking he probably, just based on what he said and what I've researched, he probably got off work like around 11, would be my guess, so, yeah. at night. So he might have worked 11 to 11, possibly. Something like that, okay. yeah. So he gets off work. I'm not sure what takes place before he makes it to the rest area, but what I do know is he gets to the rest area, he parks his car, which was the blue Chevy Cavalier that you can see pictures of mm-hmm. on my page on Facebook. Um, the witness from the rest area was an actual employee at the time, like a groundskeeper type thing. And he had said that Kevin sat in his car for a few minutes, whatever that means. Um, And then he had witnessed Kevin, you know, exit his car and walk up to the grounds at the rest area. At which time he said the last time he saw Kevin alive was two o'clock in the morning. So that's why I say I'm not sure what took place between work and the rest area. Because I feel like there was probably at least a couple hours that lapsed there. Mm -hmm. Um Because I don't see a hospital shift ending at, like, 1 o'clock in the morning. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah, it seems like, because you, like we were saying, he might have, he'd most likely get off work and go straight there, but if he got off at 11, that'd put him there before midnight. Like 11.30, right. So I'm not sure what took place in that window, um, but we know the last time he was seen alive by this groundskeeper at the rest area was around 2 a.m., he was seen with a male individual whom you can also find the composite sketch on my web or on my Facebook page mm-hmm. of that person. Um, didn't see Kevin and that guy again until, well, let me back up. He saw Kevin alive at two o'clock. And then his next reference is, and there's not a time given, he says he sees the man who was with Kevin exit the rest area and get in a car and leave, but doesn't see Kevin again. Um, The car that he stated he saw the individual leave in had Ohio tags and was a white or gray. Um, He said it would be something like maybe a Lincoln Continental car, like a longer, you know, car. um, And it had Ohio tags. So, Kevin's not seen again, but the other individual is seen leaving the wet or the rest area by this guy. And he does not discover Kevin's body until eight o'clock that morning, which would be Saturday, June 7th, um, when he's going around to pick up trash on the property there. That's when he discovers Kevin's body. Now, this individual stated at the time that he never heard a gunshot or anything. Um, you know, I've been to that rest area many, many times. I go about once a month-ish. Uh, and I can say that to me, it would be hard to not hear a gunshot up there unless he was maybe in 
The men's bathroom is the furthest side of the rest area away from the wooded area where Kevin was killed. Mm -hmm. So my only speculation for him not hearing a gunshot would be that maybe if he was back in the men's bathroom, either using it himself or cleaning it or something, um, I believe just from being there, if you were anywhere on the grounds, you would definitely hear it unless the silencer or something was used, yeah. obviously. Yeah, you um, yeah, I've been there, like, at night, like, I do paranormal investigations, well, if you used to, mm -hmm. like, I'd be there, like, I'd stop there from time to time, like, 3, 4 o'clock in the morning, it's like, the interstate traffic's not there, like, there's nobody right. going by, so yeah, there's not going to be, like, any noise from the road, really, to, especially that right. late at night. Um, could he maybe had the radio or something playing, like, say he was cleaning? I mean, yeah, he definitely could have, um, you know, and I don't know what time they clean everything there. I do know all the times that I've been there during the day, I've definitely seen them like running the vacuum in the lobby area and cleaning the bathrooms. Now, that's not to say they don't do it again at night. You know, I don't know what their schedule is. And of course, this was 29 years ago. So things could have obviously been different. Um, but for whatever reason, he states he never heard a gunshot, didn't find Kevin until 8 o'clock in the morning, and that's when he called the cops. Um, now, to to kind of describe where Kevin was found and where he was killed, if anybody who's familiar with that particular rest area, you know if you're at the, the bottom of like the, where the parking lot is, mm -hmm. if you pulled your car straight up to where the nose of your car would be facing the building of the rest area, right? Mm -hmm. And if you walked up that hill, which is like a grassy hill, and you go straight back past the, so you would be, if you're facing the building, you would be to the left of the building where you would go to the bathroom and all that. And if you go all the way to the left, there's a wooded area that runs parallel with the side of the building. Um, now, at this time in 1991, they kept that all mowed back there, and there's four picnic tables that sit back in that wooded area, and they would keep the grass and, and stuff cut down where people could go back in there. Um, you know, to me, it always seemed weird that they would even have picnic tables back there because even though the grass was cut, uh, you can see in the pictures on my page that there's still trees and stuff that kind of block your view to a point. Mm -hmm. um, so to me, it was just always kind of creepy, you know. But for whatever reason, they did have picnic tables back there. And um, if you're going back towards the wood line, he was at the last picnic table, which would be the one furthest from the freeway. Um, his body was found about 15 feet away from that last picnic table, like over and down. So... It was kind of like um, almost running downhill, I guess you could say. Now, today, if you go up there, you will see that they don't keep that cut back anymore. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, the, last, the last picnic table where Kevin was actually found, deceased, they there's still somewhat of a little walking path. Like, you can definitely get back there, but it's not manicured by any means. And I found out by the numerous conversations I've had with current employees up there that, according to them, 
it's no longer cut back and used by the rest area, even though the tables are there, because shortly after Kevin's murder, um, somehow, for some reason, it was found out that the tree line and over in the woods was actually federal land, and the rest areas are maintained and owned by states. So they were no longer able to use that anymore because it wasn't state land. I can't say for 100% certainty that that's true, but that's what I was told by a current employee. Um, It is, right? I thought so, too. Um, And I don't know if it's a thing where because somebody was killed there back in those woods that maybe they started looking into it. And they were like, well, this is federal land. Anyhow, you know, I don't know how all that came about, but that's what I was told. Mm -hmm. Um, So Kevin was found with one uh, bullet wound to the front of the forehead. So basically execution style shot. Um, There were some, you know, some items found um, in that area, such as cigarette butts and that sort of thing, that um, were never, well, keep in mind this is 1991, so DNA had just started, and that was only in bigger cities. Like, you know, it wasn't used by any of these small-town agencies at all at that time. Now, in around 2008, I want to say, I was told, by the current state troopers that Kevin's case was reopened and looked into, but they didn't find anything new, and they kind of just put it back on the shelf. Now, why nothing was sent off at that time for DNA analysis, I I don't know. I don't understand because, um, according to who I've talked to, all that stuff has still been in storage um, and could have been sent off. So why, I don't know, unless maybe they just didn't have the funding. Um but other than a couple cigarette butts, there was nothing really. Like, there was no shell casing found. So it could have either been a revolver or whoever did it took the shell casing with them. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you know, it, there's some things that it, it's hard for me to say because, as I said in the beginning, I don't want to really talk about motive right now just for the privacy of everybody involved. Um but there is, of course, you know, um, a working very strong motive as to why Kevin was in those woods, um, as to why he was murdered, which would be both in the same. Um, and uh, I don't really know how much more I can say about that because I don't want to. Uh, one quick, like, so sure, yeah. the guy from... That worked at the rest area. So uh-huh. Did they go in the bathroom or anything, or did he just see them from the bathroom? Correct. Um, you mean when he saw Kevin in the sky? Yeah. No, my understanding was that he was out on the like grass area himself uh-huh. doing whatever. So they were, they he, were by there. Yeah, he saw them walk across the rest area grounds together. And it appeared that Kevin absolutely knew whoever this person was. It wasn't like he just spoke to a stranger and walked on. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, so did they, they were walking the and talking. Um, I do not know. So, if they did, this guy never said that. So they might have just went straight up to the picnic area then. That's what I've been led to believe. 
um, was that Kevin got out of his car, walked straight up that grassy hill, came in contact with whoever this guy was up there, and they walked across the grounds to those woods, and that was the last time they were seen together. Uh, then the the guy was seen leaving alone in his car. Quick question. Uh-huh. Was the guy already there before Kevin, or did he not, or did he say? He did not say. Um, so Kevin might have waited on him to get, I know you said that he said that that's Kevin what was I kind of always speculated. Um, now you've got to keep in mind again, obviously this is 1991. There was no cell phones or anything like that. You know, mm-hmm. now there is a, there was, there's, or was a payphone um, on the, the rest area grounds on the other side of the building that was, um, Kind of as you walked up, if you took the ramp instead of the stairs, there used to be a payphone that sat there. Mm-hmm. And I asked the current detectives if the initial detectives at that time had checked the records for that payphone to see if, you know, Kevin had called anyone when he got there or anything to be like, hey, I'm here type thing, you know. Yeah. Um, and I was told that, the payphone and the records and all that were checked and it led nowhere. Um, now, that still doesn't mean that him and whoever this guy was had previously set up, like, we'll meet there at whatever time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but I had the same thought you did, that maybe Kevin had sat in his car for a few minutes because he was waiting on whoever this was to get there. That was kind of my thought. No one said that. That's just... You know, my one of my theories. So was that guy saying he was sitting in his car? You just don't know whether it was a previous, like you said, a previous setup and it was already planned, yeah. or yeah, that because you have back then you're not going to be able to text somebody or call and say, hey, you know, I'm almost there yeah. or I'm here. You just kind of got to make plans right. before you leave wherever you're at. So he could have maybe called him when he left work or wherever he was at in between and said, hey, you know, I'm leaving this area now. I'll be there in a little bit. So. Right. So you're saying, because, so he most likely kind of knew the suspect. Uh, I believe it. In all of the research and investigating that I've done, I believe so. Um, Now, when I went to West Virginia archives and I got the video footage of what the news did Mm -hmm. um, after Kevin was murdered, the um, troopers who did the investigation at the time, obviously, were interviewed several times on those news clippings, right? Mm-hmm. And they always speculated that because it was a rest area, that it was probably somebody who was just transient, was just um, traveling through the area and was long gone now, right? But let me tell you why I don't think that's the case. And there's a couple reasons. Number one, the car that was seen leaving with the guy who Kevin was seen with had Ohio tags. To me, it would be a huge coincidence if that was someone Kevin didn't know because Kevin lived in Ohio at the time in Proctorville, right? Yeah, quick question there. Why why do you think... Because that's when you said about the Ohio tags earlier. That was kind of my question. Like, if they knew each other, why meet in Hurricane and not somewhere closer to, you know, Ohio or something like right. that? Right. I've 
I've asked myself that a million times, Bruce, and I really don't have a concrete answer for it other than maybe, um, and, and this also ties into why I don't think it's a transient person, so I'll kind of answer to it one time. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said in the beginning, Kevin had told us that he often stopped at that rest area, right, on his way home. So I feel like if it was someone close to Kevin who knew what he normally does, they knew that chances are he would stop at that rest area on his way home, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, it still could be that they asked Kevin to meet him there for some reason, like maybe said, you know, I don't know anything, and I'll meet you at this rest area since you always stop there anyways, and we'll talk about X, Y, and Z or, or whatever they were there for, right? Yeah. Or it could be that, they just knew that Kevin stopped at that rest area often, knew he was working that night, knew he would be getting off, and they met him there, and he didn't know they were going to be there. Do you understand what I'm saying? Kind of like more so surprised, but like he knows them, but still surprising that they were there at that time. Right. Yeah. Now, that's just a theory from me. My opinion on why this person, if they were from the area of Ohio that Kevin's in, um, why they would murder him at Hurricane and not back home would be to not make it look like it was them. Does that make sense? It'd be too close for home. People start asking questions. Because they could be like, well, why would I be in Hurricane? Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, you're not going to travel, you know, to Kentucky and do something. You know, they're not not going to think that. But if you're, because if they ask you, you'd be like, why would I drive to Kentucky? There's no reason for me to be there. So it's kind of be more like, like you said, they knew his routine and they knew they could intercept him there. Right. Now, again, those are all my theories, but just knowing Kevin and know what I know about him at that time, what was going on in his life, and what I know from the research I've done on the murder, those are my strongest theories. Um, And two, I want to say... Knowing Kevin, knowing who he was, how he was, and the fact that he had just gotten honorably discharged from the Army, Kevin absolutely could have defended himself if he had seen this coming. And I believe knowing him, he would have fought. There was no signs of a struggle at the scene. There was The ground wasn't disturbed. He didn't have any defensive marks on his body. It was like he was talking to them. They just pulled out a gun, shot him point blank in the head, and he dropped right there. He never saw it coming. Mm -hmm. And I think for that to happen, it was someone Kevin knew and trusted. Does that make sense? Yeah, because if you you meet somebody at a rest area, which that's, like, every time I've been at rest areas, like, I usually don't talk to people. But, like, every time I go, there's always, like, a bunch of cars, but I never see anybody. Mm -hmm. But I know if I, some stranger you know, is talking to me, especially late at night, you're going to be like, mm-hmm. you know, your guard's going to be up. Exactly. And rest areas in general are creepy, Yeah. you know, yeah. especially at night. And this one in particular, in the, even in the daytime, if you go back in those woods, because I've been there many times, it's creepy. So imagine 2 o'clock in the morning mm-hmm. in those woods. There's not much light. The street lights and stuff are not the street lights. The lights on the grounds 
are in the same exact place they were back then because I've asked the employees all that. It's not, there's not very much light. Um, it's, it's creepy. It's a creepy place. Yeah, I've uh, played uh, on the other side, the, the other rest mm-hmm. area. Yeah, they got across the, the street. They got the disc golf and stuff. Well, mm-hmm. well, it's at a park, but the actual disc golf track goes up near that rip too, behind that one rest area, because there was a trucker that actually came in there just walking, you know, stretching his legs, and, you know, we were standing there <laughs> getting ready. He's like, oh, just checking checking this place out. So Yeah, uh, it's, it's creepy. Yeah, so yeah. It is. But uh, one other thing mentioned with with the guy, like did he the worker did he say anything about Kevin or the gentleman seeing him there? Um, no, like as far as demeanor and stuff like that. Well, just, Is that what you're well, just asking if they because like you would think if you're going to do something, you know, with if they were going to kill Kevin, they knew they were going to like. Right. They would look around and see if anybody's there. So right. They maybe saw that that the worker there and maybe um, kind of be like, well, maybe I shouldn't, but it doesn't seem like it mattered. Right. Um. Nothing like that in the research I've done was ever said or speculated about. Um. Now I, I will say this: I know that this rest area worker was interviewed again recently. Um. But at this point, he's like 70-some years old, and this was almost 30 years ago. And his um, memory was very poor, and it really wasn't helpful at all. Um, now, at the time, to me, what he said that night and that morning would be more reliable because it just happened. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's fresh on his it's fresh Exactly. Because, yeah, memory... It, it deteriorates over years, and like you might, you might remember, you know, hey, I found the body, but you, you might not remember right. everything in between that led you to, you know, finding the body. So yeah, I can understand going off his old one. Cause that's why I was wondering though, because which maybe the guy knew that he was there, and maybe that's why the guy didn't hear a gunshot because he prepared, you know, for somebody being there, and you know, they right. being secretive about it. So that's, right, that's why I was wondering if, you know, if either one of them had noticed the worker there because i'm assuming there there might not have been anybody else there maybe besides the worker yeah that was kind of my understanding i do know this um right after kevin was murdered the uh, west virginia state police actually made a big um wooden sign um with kevin's picture and the details of the night he was murdered and put it like right in the middle of the rest area asking, you know, for anybody who saw anything or heard anything or knew anything to call with tips. And I can say that I was told there was never any tips that came in from that sign. So my guess is there was probably little to no one else there at that time of night, that particular night. Now there could have been some truck drivers in the parking lot, you know, in their trucks or whatever, um, my understanding was kind of that there wasn't really anyone else there. Yeah, like I said, I've been there a few, like, like I said earlier, like I've been to rest areas at night and I've been at that one. Like I said, I always see a, three or four trucks, a couple cars, but I never see nobody in the building. But I don't ever see anybody in their cars, like truck drivers. You know, obviously they're probably asleep in their truck. Right. I always thought it was like creepy because, you know, you go 
and then you don't see nobody. You're like, well, where, why are there all these cars parked here? Unless, you know, they carpooled with somebody. Which, which again, if somebody did stop there, if they were in and out real quick, they might not have paid attention to two, you know, cars emptying the parking lot. Right, exactly. And they might not know that it, it mattered or, you know, that anything happened because they'd be like, oh, I just saw two cars. And, you know, it didn't click to them that, you know, something could have been happening at that time. Now, I will say this, um, and this goes back to something that we talked about a few minutes ago um, about why he would be in those woods and why I think it's somebody he knew um, without saying what the believed motive is behind his murder. Um, I, I will say this, both known to me and the police detectives um, in the research that we've both done, is that what we believe Kevin was murdered over, um, this might be kind of confusing, but the reason that we believe he was murdered, we have been told by several different sources that would know that that is something that is known to happen in those wood lines at the rest area. Are you following me? Mm-hmm. So, with that being said, we're we're pretty sure we know why he was there. Um, and to me, that again speaks to it being someone who knew him and knew he would be there and why he would be there. <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah. Um. That's really all I, I can. You know what I mean? I'm just trying to. Which, one thing, though, too, like you said, with it being possibly, say, a few-hour gap, like, it kind of more or less seemed like they had to have followed him or at least knew that he was going to be there at that, you know, reasonable right. time. Hmm. So, at this point, I guess what I'll do is tell you about a couple of suspects, um, and then this might also answer some questions in the meantime. It's probably going to raise some more, too. But So there's, um, uh, I will say this. According to the detectives, there are two suspects that myself and the detectives share. And then there's two, I guess I'll call more like persons of interest that I found on my own okay so the first two there is a guy who is still um very local to this area in ohio um he at the time of kevin's murder was kevin's closest friend um he i'm not gonna be able to say a whole lot because if i said a whole lot it would give away the motive And like I said, I don't want to do that, but, um, the closest friend to Kevin, okay, he, um, was questioned initially by police at the time that Kevin was murdered only because at this time they had been told from sources that this was his closest friend, right? So they go to question this guy on the basis of not at all that he was a suspect, just what can you tell us? about Kevin's life, about what he was doing, you know, around the time of his murder, who he knew, who he was close to, that sort of thing, right? Mm-hmm. So when they go and they question him on that, on those bases, for whatever reason, the detectives at the time 
didn't even ask this guy for an alibi or where he was that night because they didn't view him as a suspect, a suspect at this point, right? I would think they would still ask that, but whatever reason, they didn't. Um, so we don't know where this guy was that night because he was never asked and he never volunteered. But so he tells them, I guess, whatever he thinks or he knows or whatever about Kevin's life at the time. But there was a couple key points that he lied to detectives about. Um, again, I can't say what because that would tie into the motive here. Mm-hmm. Um, when detectives went and searched Kevin's apartment, you know, the day after or two days after or whatever it was, um, to see just, you know, what they could find out about what was going on in his life at the time, they found um, some things in his apartment that made them aware that this individual who is now considered a suspect had blatantly lied to them about, okay? So at this point, they go back to question him again more as a person of interest, why did you lie to us type thing. At this point, this individual refuses to cooperate, will no longer answer their questions, distances himself from the investigation, wants nothing to do with it. Now, I want to point out a couple of things here. This is by all accounts from everything I've found, the closest person in Kevin's life at this time. If, and this is just my opinion, my thoughts, if you have nothing to do with the closest person in your life's murder, why would you not go above and beyond to do anything to cooperate to try to help them find out who killed this person? That makes no sense to me, right? Yeah, yeah. Because just like you were thinking, like we were saying, you know, the whole, you know, best friend, you know, you would think. But even if he didn't do it, you know, the suspect that you're talking about, Mm-hmm. The way he's acting, if he didn't do it, he still knows something. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he would at least still know something. So, like, he's exactly. more or less showing that he's guilty in either the crime in itself or he knows who done it or something like that. Yeah. So, when did, he, so you said that he became a suspect. So, he became a suspect back then. It was just after they searched the apartment a few days later. Correct. Okay, so. Yeah. At first, it was just kind of this is somebody we want to talk to just because he obviously and, knew it. Yeah. Okay. Well, then when he when they searched the apartment and found out he had lied about more than several things, they tried to talk to him, and at that point they wanted to get his alibi and where he was that night, but he wouldn't answer any of their questions, refused to cooperate, would have nothing else to do with it. But at that time, they didn't have enough evidence to to you know do anything about it um so fast forward to as i said earlier briefly um in january of this year is when i made contact with the west virginia state police and was able to get them to reopen kevin's case and when they did that of course the first thing they did was try to re-interview anybody they could that was still living in regards to this case. And, of course, he was the number one person they wanted to talk to. So they make contact with this individual via telephone. And um, once again, almost 30 years later, he refuses to talk to them, um, refuses to cooperate, and tells them to contact his attorney, Um, at which they do. They contact his attorney. 
And his attorney basically just says he's, you know, doesn't want to talk to y'all. He's not going to talk to you. He has nothing to say. He's not going to answer your questions. Goes nowhere. Um, now there were a couple of people that were connected to this guy, like just, you know, relatives or, or whatever, ex-wife, whatever, that they were going to interview and then the whole COVID thing happened mm-hmm. and um, the governor, of course, wouldn't let them travel outside the state. And most of these people live in Ohio. So mm-hmm. they, when I talked to them last, just a couple of weeks ago, they were about to try to start to go, you know, interview these people again. Um, because, but, you know, of course, everything's still so weird with COVID going on. Um, so I haven't called them back yet to ask them if they've done that. But, so basically, this main suspect still refuses to talk. Um, and as I said, this guy still lives in this area. Um, he is pretty well known in the area. Honestly, he owns several businesses. Um, he's not someone who's lived under the radar by any means. And, you know, if he... If he did this, or if he was involved, or if he knows more, my message is that it makes me sick that you've gone on with your life for 30 years and done everything you wanted to do, been successful, had children, everything. Kevin didn't have a chance to do any of that. So if you're not involved, if you didn't have anything to do with it, why would you not please just tell police what they want to know? Because anything, if you're the closest person to Kevin at the time he's murdered, chances are you at least know something that could help them figure out who did do it if you didn't. You know what I mean? Yeah, Kevin could have, you know, maybe said something to him, you know, strange at the time. Exactly. He could even know who Kevin was meeting that night. Anything. Yeah, yeah, he could know, he could... Yeah, with him, it's basically it goes to he was open up, like you said, he's open up to talking until they found out that he lied, and then he just basically mm-hmm. closed. Now, if they never would have found anything that he lied, he'd probably still be talking to this day because you know, he would have definitely not been a suspect, you know, unless they found something else. Um, but go ahead. It's just weird, like I said, it's just weird they shut down, like I said, if. If it never found nothing, then like that he might have actually been more forced of efforts. That just makes it kind of like that, like I said earlier, like he's guilty of something that that's involved with Kevin's murder. And the speculation is, um, if okay, say if a big if he wasn't involved in the murder, the speculation of why maybe he doesn't want to talk to police is that. Um, Possibly what we believe the motive to Kevin's murder is um, if he doesn't want people to know about that part of his life, Mm -hmm. that maybe that would be the reason that, you know, he didn't want to talk to police. But to that, I say, if I put myself in that situation, and of course everyone's different, but if I put myself in that situation... And if that was the only reason that I was hesitant about talking to police and I had nothing to do with the murder and I wanted to help them solve the murder of my closest friend, I would go to them and I would say, listen, I 
am hesitant to talk to you because I don't want people to find out this, that, and the third. Mm-hmm. But I also want to help you, so I'm more than happy to tell you what I know. But I would appreciate if you would keep my personal life confidential. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I completely understand. Yeah. I mean, there's ways if that was your concern to get around around that and still help. (laughs) Yeah. So that's um, that's pretty much number one uh, in a nutshell. The second guy was um, I don't really buy into this one a whole lot, but it was a tip called in to the police at that time. So obviously it has to be, you know, looked into somewhat. Someone had called um, the tip line back then. I think it was the Crime Stopper tip line and said that their brother had I guess this was like a week after Kevin was murdered. Um, whoever this individual was that called in the tip said they had a brother who was making comments about possibly murdering someone around that same weekend that Kevin was murdered. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the time, there, I guess, was not really any other murders in that area. Um, so the police at that time tried to follow up with that tip. But when they called the number back that the tip was called in from, they were told it was a wrong number and they didn't know anything about what the cops were talking about. And it was kind of a a dead issue at that time. But I guess in recent years, somehow, um, they didn't really disclose to me how, they had figured out who this person was. um, And they have been trying to follow up on this individual who supposedly made the comment about murdering someone. Mm -hmm. But this individual um, has since left the area and lives, um, I believe they said, like in Kentucky somewhere. Um, So the last time that I talked to the detectives about that, they were still trying to uh, figure out how to get in contact with this person. Um, because like I said, with COVID and everything, they weren't able to travel. And I believe if my memory serves me correct, they were maybe trying to find a phone number for this person. Um, but you know, there's nothing, there's no information as to if it was this person, how they would know Kevin or anything like that. This was supposedly a guy that was living in like the Charleston area at the time, Kanawha County somewhere. Um, so that's really all I know about him. Uh, you know, there, there would be no known motive or anything because no one even knows how this guy would know Kevin. Now, it could just be he, somebody intercepting his name and like where people always like, well, I've done it and then they didn't, like what we talked right. about the other day. Or it could be maybe somebody got mad at him, which and said, hey, like maybe his sibling got mad, you know, and said, hey, my brother, you know, said all right. this and never even said any of it, but just went ahead and put exactly. his name out there to get him in trouble, which. People do stupid things like that all the time, sadly. I know. So, to me, I mean, that's not really a valid, I mean, in my opinion, obviously I'm not a detective, but I'm just saying there's not enough information, in my opinion, about this person or the circumstance that would make them a suspect other than there was this tip that was called in and they are obligated to follow up with it. You know what I mean? Yeah, like... Um, like, that would be more of if they didn't, you know, if you didn't know Kevin, he might have saw him at the hospital. So it would be more like a random type thing. But, right. 
yeah. And Kevin's name was never used. It was just that this person supposedly said they killed someone on this weekend, and it just happened to be the same weekend Kevin was killed, and that they know of, no one else was really killed that weekend in that area. So, you know what I'm saying? So just connecting dots, just assuming, right. assuming it was Kevin, but yeah, with their right. and which you'd think though, if that's all they said was that he killed, which like they could have been somebody. He might have even said that and meant it more as right. general talk. He's trying to be tough. Yeah. So, you know, that one's really not. Now, could it be him? Sure, it could. But, you know, that there's not much really to say about it, I guess, is what I'm trying to say, because there's, that's all there is on it. Um, now, in my investigation and research that I've done through finding people, that knew Kevin um, either around the time that he was murdered or shortly before. There's two other people um, that I consider, you know, at least people we're talking to. How about that? Um, as I stated in the beginning of the call, Kevin, about a year, a little less than a year before he was murdered, he lived in the Frederick, Maryland area, right? Mm -hmm. Um so this gets kind of confusing, but I'm going to try to make it as simple as possible. When Kevin lived up there, um, obviously he had friends and stuff there. You know, he lived there for like three years. There was an individual, a male individual, who Kevin was really close to um, at that time. And there was, from the source that I have, what I was told, and this was a first-hand account through this person and Kevin, right? Mm -hmm. There was a, um intense argument slash fight that happened between this guy and Kevin um, just very, very shortly before Kevin left Maryland and moved back here. Um, and I was told... I don't want to say what the argument was about because, again, it goes back to just keeping Kevin's privacy. Um, but I was told that this fight was the reason that Kevin left Maryland as quickly as he did and moved back here. And I always thought, before I found this, this source and this person that told me the story, um, the research that I did, I always thought it was weird that Kevin left Maryland as quick as he did because when he moved back here, um, when he first moved here before he got his apartment in Proctorville, he was staying with a couple of friends who were married. It was a man and a woman who's a married couple that were both friends of Kevin's, right? Mm -hmm. And I found this woman, and I talked to her in depth about Kevin and what was going on before he was killed. And she had told me that he had told her that he needed a place to stay and was living with them because when he moved back here, he didn't have anywhere else to go. And my thought process on that was there had to have been some reason that he quickly left Maryland because why would you just up and leave somewhere that you have a place to live and a job and all that, right? So I always thought in the back of my head there was some reason something happened that made him up and leave Maryland. So then I found this person who told me the story about the fight he had with this individual in Maryland and forced him to leave the area. Um, now, this person 
that lived in Maryland that he had the argument with also has ties to this area. They have family who live here. Mm-hmm. So the reason I say that is to say if this person was involved, they it's not like they lived in Maryland and they would have no reason to be here. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. They have family here. So it's not the craziest thing to imagine that he could have, you know, come here because he knew this area very well. Now, the question I have there and the reason I have kind of a hard time thinking it might have been this person is this would have been like six or seven months after Kevin left Maryland. So if you would want to entertain that it's this guy, you would have to think, would this guy really six or seven months later decide to murder Kevin? Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, by then he might have already got over it. and Right. You know. So, I mean, I guess it's not impossible. People do crazy things all the time. But it is someone I know that he had a problem with not a whole long time before he was killed. So it's someone that did pique my interest, you know, for that reason. Yeah. Um, And the fact that he has ties to this area. So the other person... Um, that I have found through talking to people is, um, again, I, I don't want to give his name because he still lives in this area and a lot of people probably know who he is. And if he didn't have anything to do with it, obviously I wouldn't want to do that to somebody. But I was uh, like local to Ohio area. Yes. Like Huntington Parkerville area. Okay. This guy I was told lived in Proctorville as well at the time that Kevin was murdered. And they had been close friends, but supposedly, and I have nothing to cooperate this with other than this person's story, supposedly this person, not long before Kevin was murdered, had robbed someone. Now, that's the terms I was given. Now, does that mean, you know, pickpocketed somebody on the street, or does that mean break into someone's house? I don't know. I was just told. This guy had committed a robbery not long before Kevin was murdered and that supposedly this person either thought or knew, I don't know if it ever happened, that Kevin had told the police who did it or was going to tell the police who did it. Now, again, I can't corroborate any of this as fact. This is just a rumor story I was told. But that this person, the person who told me this was someone who knew Kevin well, also lived in Proctorville. They all knew the same people. And this was the, the rumor that was going around after his murder, that this guy committed a robbery. And he, for whatever reason, thought Kevin was going to the cops because Kevin knew that he did it and that he killed Kevin to shut him up. Don't know that that's a fact. Um, I... I have thought about reaching out to this person and, you know, just telling them what I have been told and asking them, mm-hmm. you know, but I haven't done it yet. I'm not sure if I'm going to, <laughs> but that that's all I know about that one. Um, it's total rumor. Might not be true. It's small town talk, you know, oh, yeah. but this person did tell me that they had heard it from multiple people for whatever that's worth. Eh, that, that that could add some credibility to it, but then again, it might it might still not might just be one room that went to one person. That person, you know, like right. spread it around and stuff. Like that, which, 
which in that angle, that would be, you know, I, people do do that, but. Oh, yeah, of course. That is a mode of, you know, if you're like, well, if somebody's going to tell on me, I've got to go, you know, quiet them down. But, but then again, if that's the case, which, well, I don't know, like, me personally, if I rob somebody, I don't think I'd want to go kill somebody because then if, say, I mess up and leave something behind, then I'm a, right. then I'm a suspect in that too. That's a worse charge than a robbery. Right. I totally agree with that. Now, there are people that do it. Yeah, there are people that do course, it. But, but, but yeah, I can, you know, it, it's, yeah, it's just a weird, it, well, you don't know, like you say, you don't know how people are going to react to things because everybody reacts to something different. So, right. he, you know, that might have been, you know, he might thought that was a good idea and not thinking about it in the long run, be like, well, it might not, not be. So, I can say that I feel like, um, Kevin didn't really see this coming. Um, I talked to a girl who worked at the Kroger in Proctorville, um, when Kevin was murdered and she told me that she saw Kevin that morning. Uh, he had come into Kroger before he went to work and that she had, you know, checked him out at the register. And by all accounts from her, he was acting perfectly normal. Didn't seem like anything was bothering him. He was alone. Nobody was with him. Um, now, does that mean that there still couldn't have been something going on and he just didn't act like it? Sure. You know, I have problems all the time and I go to the store and act fine. <laughs> but, you know, I will say the last person I've been able to find that actually physically came in contact with him the day he died was this girl. And she said he appeared fine and he was alone when he came in. He was going to work. Um, uh, one thing, though, with this last person of interest, where you mm -hmm. felt that he didn't know it was coming, like when he got, you know, murdered. Like, if this, you know, if this guy, if he knew that he robbed a place and he met him, you know, there, you know, if he, that dude randomly showed up, you know, you would kind of wonder right. that he would be like, well, what's going on here, you know? Right. You know what I mean? So that, that, that yeah. could be one way of rolling that out. And like you said, the guy that worked there had mentioned that whoever the gentleman was, that Kevin, they were just chatting up like they'd known each other, like there was nothing going on. And But if it right. was a guy that he was going to rat out, I think he could, there'd be tension there, obviously, and he probably wouldn't be chit-chatting, you know, with that right. guy. The only thing um, to that that I would say could possibly, and again, to me, this guy isn't even a great suspect. It's just a rumor I was told, so of course I'm going to investigate it, right? Yeah, you got, but you got to investigate all, all the rumors. If it was him, and playing into the thing that I said, in my opinion, Kevin didn't see it coming, you know, it could be the situation where Kevin didn't wasn't ever going to the police and didn't know about the robbery but this guy thought he did mm -hmm. so if kevin saw him maybe he wouldn't suspect anything because he didn't even know the guy thought he was you know what i'm saying yeah that yeah, sense? yeah something of that nature or maybe maybe the well, maybe because they were friends he thought well we're just going to talk and it's not going to really ask you know what i mean yeah, ask yeah, me. yeah, like he thought they were just going to maybe the guy's like hey you, want, you know I know you know about this, you know, let's talk about it, you know, man to man, get it situated. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's, it's a lot of speculation of what, you of know, course, yeah. in that theory. But I, um, something I do want to throw out and I'm just saying it now, cause I'm afraid I'll forget before we end on um, the interview is, I have 
in the, the research that I've done, the people I've talked to, I've found a lot of people who um, have kind of been unwilling to talk about Kevin's murder. And I, I don't know why that is. I don't know if it's maybe they know who they think's involved and they're just afraid to say something or whatever. But, um, and then again, on the flip side of that, I found a lot of people who were more than willing to talk to me and tell me what they knew, but maybe just didn't know a lot. Hmm. And I would just ask anybody who knows anything, even if you think it's small and it's not important and it wouldn't matter, it could be the biggest thing to the case. And it just doesn't seem like that to you. I would just want anybody to reach out to me. Um, you guys can find me on Facebook. My page is, um, seeking justice, fighting for Kevin Potts and, uh, you know, anything that seems small. And if you're afraid, I will always keep your name confidential. Uh, you know, if it got to a point where I absolutely had to give a detective a name, of course I would. But as far as going out in the public and giving out your name or my source, I would never do that. I think you can tell that from this interview because I haven't given names of people that I would love to give names of, you know, um, I just feel like as small of a town as Proctorville is um, in that area, if the person who I think did it, did it, there's someone who knows something. Um, and I just hope that maybe that person will decide to do the right thing and tell what they know. And if they don't want to tell me, they can call the state police and tell them, you know. Yeah, you're looking, e- either or. looking at almost... Well, next year will be 30 years, you know, mm-hmm. somebody has, has to know something, whether the individual told somebody or somebody, like you said, that they can't talk to people that's connected with him because of COVID, but they could be like, no, he wasn't home that night or, you know, something like that. Like they could pinpoint possibly where people were at and, you know, exactly, and be able to find out more of his character of how he was and stuff, so... Or even if you don't know anything about the murder itself, but if you know something about anything that was going on in Kevin's life at the time, you know, that might seem like it would be a reason that something bad would happen to him or the people he was closest to, even that I could talk to, because one of them might know something, you know. Um, Mm -hmm. Anything, even if it seems small, it really might not be small. Mm -hmm. You just never know. Yeah, the smallest, like you said, smallest thing, it could end up, well, a small piece could enter the picture and blow the picture up to and get it, you know, get it solved. So my biggest hope right now is that some of these items that they have kept in storage for the last 29 years um, will have some DNA on them that is not Kevin's. That's, you know, some foreign DNA that we can match up and find out who did this. Um, they... We're sending those items off, of course, with COVID, everything's backed up. And they said it would probably be months um, before we had those results. But I'm just hoping and praying that something comes back that's someone's DNA other than Kevin's. Yeah, that will at least know they were there that night, you know, if nothing else. Yeah, and then they're going, then they're going to be have to answer the question of why were you there. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, hopefully, hopefully I, I'll share the, I'll share the page in the descriptions and stuff so people can find you i know i shared it in the group and stuff that i have and then our facebook page and stuff but hopefully like i said that's mm-hmm. with it being because like like i told you the day like i don't live that far from a hurricane and i've been to that rest area like that like i'm interested in local cases like that especially one 
you know, almost 30 years and it's not solved. Like, I, I hate seeing cases that are not solved, especially, you know, when there's, like you said, there's obviously suspects involved, you know, and are out there and it's still nothing, you know, right. done. So. And Kevin, you know, he still has, um, his mother's still living. He still has siblings who are living. But his dad and a brother have both passed away since since Kevin's murder, and they never got to see any resolution to this, you know. And mm-hmm. it's just sad. And I I guess I probably should have said this in the beginning, but I'll say it now. Anybody who knew Kevin knows that he was just such a fun-loving person. He loved life. He was always smiling, laughing. He was a jokester. Uh, he was selfless. He would do anything for anybody. He served our country by going in the army. You know, um, it's just sad that he did that and then moves back home to his hometown where he should be able to trust people. And someone took his life who had no right to. Yeah, um, like nothing, nothing that anybody does really deserves, you know. No, for sure not. But Kevin was not anybody who would have done anything that would have warranted someone doing this to him. And it's just sad. And whoever it is has gotten away with it for almost 30 years. 30 years. And my only hope is that they can't sleep at night and that this tortures them internally every day of their life. Now, obviously, it probably doesn't because you're probably so selfish that you don't even care. But my hope is that at some point, you will have sleepless nights because you know what you did. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you never get justice in this world, my belief is you will in the afterlife. Yeah, yeah, justice. Well, like everybody says, karma always comes back around. Yeah, and if it's not in the way of prison, then it might be something else. But mm-hmm. 30 years, you know, and to me and um, the detectives agree with me, this is absolutely a solvable case. It's just going to take the right person to say the right thing and coming forward and or the DNA, um, you know. But it is it is solvable. Um, and I just want to remind everybody that at the time, you know, Kevin had ties to Ohio, West Virginia, and Maryland, but that was, you know, a little ways before his death. Um, so even if you lived or worked in Charleston and you knew him at the time, please reach out. Um, I've been trying hard to find somebody who worked at the hospital with him at the time. I haven't been able to, but I'm still working on that. Mm-hmm. So if anyone's hearing this podcast and they think that they worked there then or they know and knew Kevin, I would love to hear from you. Um, the area of Ohio he's from, Proctorville, and he graduated from Sims Valley, is a small area, so I know there's a lot of people in that area that knew Kevin. Uh, again, you know, if you'd reach out to me, I would love it. Even if you just have little information, it still might mean something to me or something I've already found out, you know, that I can corroborate um, by a second person. Yeah, and then, of course, he was killed in Hurricane. So if anyone living in Hurricane saw anything that night or heard anything or heard people talking about it shortly after the murder, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, if anything comes our way, we'll, I'll shoot you a message and let you know. Yeah, I would really appreciate that. And I, I appreciate you doing this with me today. It means a lot. If nothing else, just to get the word out there, you know? Yeah, like you say, there's nothing besides 
what you're doing, there's not anything public out there really. And I think usually cases when they get more attention, then you know eventually you know hopefully somebody will come out and say something and be like, oh, yeah, I remember when that happened, and I remember mm-hmm. around that time. So you know, it's always worth a shot to get it out there. And my next step is probably um, the news. Uh, I've been trying to hold off because the detectives asked me to, so out of respect for them. Mm -hmm. um, They've been very great to me through this whole process. They were more than willing to reopen the case. They've put in a lot of time and effort, and I appreciate everything they've done. And they've always been willing to talk to me. We've had a sit-down face-to-face. You know, they've really... so. Out of respect for them and everything they've done, I'm complying with their wishes. They asked me not to go to the media yet, just out of fear that maybe someone would find out they've reopened the case and um, flee the area or something. But, uh, you know, in the near future, I might decide to go ahead and do that because, you know, at this point, Anybody who they think was involved, they've mostly talked to and they know. So I don't really see what there is to hurt at this point. Yeah, the media and it, might stir it up a little bit till people start acting funny that's involved. Yeah, and that's what they said. And I get that. But my, my flip side of that is it also might get people to talk, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. There might be people out there that think Kevin's murder was solved years ago, you know. Yeah, Maybe yeah, people don't true. realize it's still open and was never solved. So... I haven't done the news thing yet, but that's that's my next thought. Um, you know, if I can get their blessing to do that. So, mm-hmm. other than that, though, anything that comes up or whatever, I'm more than happy to always talk with you guys and answer questions too. If you know anybody has questions, you guys can message me. Um, my groups on Facebook, and then of course my name is all over it, so you can send me a message to my personal Facebook too. Right. If anybody wants to do that.